everyone. Welcome to the What You Said podcast. My name is Kaylee Elwell, and I am the owner of Kaylee Elwell Designs. I design magnificent branded experiences for businesses of all sizes. Through working with me, my clients discover their brand story and build loyal customers for life. They learn how to tell their story so they don't have to sell their story. Today on the podcast, I have Our Story, Their Addiction founder, Angela Zweifel, who has been living her passion for over 20 years, working one-on-one with women, delivering insight on the ideas that keep us from moving forward. Her own life trauma shifted her mission. Emerging from a 12-year relationship with an addict alcoholic, Angela is committed to bringing support and awareness for the families who love an addict. With public speaking, online workshops, and community meetings, Angela has shined a light on the other side of the addiction story, echoing the untold narratives of amazing people who quietly take the backseat to someone's addiction. Angela shares the process she created to tap into resilience, awareness, and create simple boundaries. This forms a solid foundation for us to discover the power of choices, choices that lead to joy, belonging, and happiness. Without further ado, Angela's wife fell. Angela, thank you so much for coming on what you said today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So honored. <laughs> Can you please introduce yourself and the amazing work that you do? Absolutely. My name is Angela Zweifel, and I am the founder of Our Story, Their Addiction. And I work with primarily women who have loved ones who are addicts and or alcoholics. Do a lot of advocacy work with them. Yes. And obviously, for anybody who's been listening, <laughs> this, is, this is a topic that's very close to my heart, very close to my story. That's why Angela and I were kindred spirits from the beginning. So yeah, so tell tell everybody how this came to be. Tell everybody your story because it's so powerful. Wow, yes. I have been involved with an addict alcoholic for more than 12 years. And in my journey, I would say our first six years of our journey, I had no prior knowledge to addiction. I did not grow up with that. I I hadn't had any friends really touched by it. It was really on the outskirts of my radar. So I had no idea what was happening to us the first six years of our life. I just felt crazy. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And when that journey really started for my ex-husband and I really started to dive into it, I was the person that started out to save them. I was going to save them. And it was very quickly as I sat quietly and listened to people that it wasn't my job to save him. Mm -hmm. If he was going to do this, he was going to do it himself. But let's just be clear. I did not stick to that. I was going to save him. Right. (laughs) I was going to save him. Amen. 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 Right? Yeah. So in that journey, I was finding it hard to connect with anybody in my story. And I fell into a really, really dark, 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 dark space. And I took it to the Google. I think everybody takes things to the Google. And it was two in the morning and I literally needed the computer to give me an answer. I needed so much help and nothing was there. Right. 
so I, we have a daughter and she's 10 now. And at the time she must've been about five. I think she was five at the time. And there was no giving up. There was no exit that was going to happen. There was nothing that was going to take away all of the ugly that was happening in our life. And happenstance, I was in a writing class and that gentleman said to me, my teacher, if it's not in the world for you, then go out and write it. Mm-hmm. Somebody is going to need it. And at that moment, something clicked and I was ready to just like the floodgates opened and I was going to just go out and create the help I didn't have in my dark moment. So that's sort of how it all really started for me. Quickly after that moment, a few really public things happened with my ex-husband and being a business owner in the community that we live in and that he worked in, it had an, an instant impact. Sure. And I started sort of out of awkwardness or embarrassment, blurting out quick explanations about what was happening before someone could even say anything to me. Mm-hmm. And I realized at that point that there was something sort of cathartic and healing about finally admitting this deep, dark secrets that we had been hiding and lying about and struggling with. And from there, something called Sour City Moms was born. As I was blurting out to the world, this really too much information kind of style, I was finding that I was gathering more and more women who shared my story, who couldn't be public about their story. And we started our own support group which just spoke to us and what we needed at the time. There's so many national groups that do amazing things. I firmly believe in talk therapy and all sorts of things are out there, but I was finding it's not one size fits all. And so Sour City Moms was something I created to give us a space to get the help and support we felt we needed at the time. Right. So explain, where did the name Sour City come from? Well, I had started blogging and that was part of my dark days and putting it out into the world. And Sour City was someplace I had arrived at where I just hated my days. I hated my days all the time. And it wasn't who I was. It's I've never been that person. And I kept saying like, I hooked a left at Crazyville and I ended up in Sour City. And Mm -hmm. then the ongoing self-deprecating joke was, well, I'm the mayor of Sour City. (laughs) Um, yeah, through this like blog post about writing about Sour City. Yeah. It's what I ended up naming the group, Sour City. So that's (laughs) so amazing though. Like talk about some serious branding there. I I love that. I love that you were able to take something that was hurting you and you were able to put it out into the world to help others. I don't feel like a lot of people, we were just talking about this before jumping on the podcast, but a lot of people don't have that courage. Being vulnerable is courage. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you so much for being that light for so many women. I mean, was your ex, was your ex honest in the beginning at all? Or was it something that kind of un- unraveled? Yeah. So I, he, he lied from day one. And I always like to tell anybody that I work with or I come in contact with when we're dealing with any types of addictions that there are no two stories that are identical. There are no two addicts who are 
identical. Like there isn't a nice tidy little box that this all fits in. So my ex-husband, who was an addict and an alcoholic, lied through his teeth from day one. I got mm -hmm. snowballed. Anybody would have. His particular way about him, his charismatic, light up the room, funny, intelligent, loving, it captivated everyone. Yeah. It captivated everybody. Mm -hmm. So he lied and it wasn't sustainable. And at some point, I'm, it just all came crumbling down for him. Right, exactly. So. And I love that you said that no two addicts are the same because even though we can type A addiction, right? Like we can definitely say, oh, that person's an addict because of X, Y, Z. Very clear right. and simple. Sure. You are either, and we've talked about this in the past as well. You're either yeah. a very charismatic, ball of energy, mm -hmm. lively extrovert, or in my husband's case, you're an mm -hmm. introvert and mm -hmm. you are very, this is my story. This is who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. So deal with it. Mm -hmm. it yeah. It's interesting to see individuals the contrast. and their, the contrast and their relationship to their addiction. Oh my gosh. In yes. their own perception of their own addiction. So many levels to this. There's so many levels to loving an addict. There's so many levels, I'm sure, to uh, recovering from being an addict, but it, no, there's no size fits all in any no. of this. Right. And it's hard and it's heartbreaking to, in this particular million dollar industry here in the United States, how they try to really shove all of us into these little boxes the yeah. families, the addicts, the... Yeah, no, I mean, this could be yeah. a five-part <laughs> podcast, but <laughs> uh, did you ever visit like Al-Anon or anything like that? Any of the help, the support? Yeah, groups? yeah. I did, I, I call it my deep dive year, my deep dive year. <laughs> yeah. I know, when I came out of sort of that dark place tailspin and decided to, you know, run out and too much information to everybody's face. I also went out to be like a seeker of information. I was going to find out everything I needed to know because again, I was still in savior mode too. Right. And Al-Anon was my second stop after my therapist <laughs> on what a great group of people. And I think like anything out there in the world, you just need to go out and try different meetings and see what works for you. Each space that you're in has a vibe and an energy. So you want to pick a, a meeting at a place that you feel good about. So I tried a bunch and found a space. The people at the meetings, you know, some people are in different spaces in their loved ones recovery or even in their own journey. And sometimes the people in the group that you're walking into might not match up with you. And so I just kept trying different groups till I kind of found a niche that, that felt supportive to me. I think a lot of us show up to one meeting and we're uncomfortable and our heart hurts and we don't know these strangers and then we never go back. Yes. It could be yeah, somewhat so. of a traumatic experience <laughs> going to these meetings, but it's, I mean, that's all part of like the healing process, right? Yes. And having yeah. this relationship. I mean, he's the father of your daughter. My husband is the yes. father of my daughter. And yeah. yeah. I mean, having that constant contact and this person is a person in my life forever, for, for yeah. better, for worse. Like, the, like I have to deal with this. This is also now impacting my it. life. And you know, it, I think too, being able at the end of those meetings to connect with some people and just ask questions early on, yeah. it brought some normalcy to me that I hadn't felt. 
I definitely, through my journey, especially, you know, at the beginning, very lonely and isolated and scared. And I would say al brought us a, a bit of normalcy to something that was a total shit show. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I'll be honest. I went to more, and my husband wasn't an alcoholic. He, he did, he did opioids. Was he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. but he didn't want to go to the NA meetings because he's like, well, after the NA meetings, they sell drugs in the parking lot. Yep. And I'm like, are you yep. fucking kidding me? Right. Like, are, no. what? This is a source of healing. This is supposed to be a source of community yeah. and healing. And then they're nope. going and doing the bad thing. And I think it was mm-hmm. just this like naive part of my brain that wanted to believe that everybody could be good, that there was still good in everybody and everybody could still find that goodness within themselves and how right. dark of a hole, hole. dark of this yeah. that this addiction actually was. So we went to AA meetings. He found yeah. AA meetings. But that was more helpful. Yeah. Well, and that's why I encourage everybody to like, you have to just keep showing up. You have to keep going out and trying what fits for you, what speaks to you. Yeah. You, you just, when you're ready, go out and find it. Be bold, be brave, and go out and find what you yeah. connect with that really starts to help you heal. You know, it's an unfortunate thing with addicts and all sorts of people. Listen, we can say food's an addiction, right? And if you go into, yeah, coffee, if you go into a meeting of, you know, Eaters Anonymous, that list, I'm making that up as an example, (laughs) you know, they typically have coffee and donuts out. You're like, people, you have a problem with food. Why are we doing (laughs) food at the meeting that says don't eat the food? (laughs) Because we're humans, right? Like there's- So of course, to me, at one point, I'm like, of course, they're selling drugs in the parking lot. People are desperate. They need money. They're sick. Their brains don't work. And what better guaranteed clientele to make money off of? Than- it's, sad, yeah. it's it's <laughs> brilliant and sad at the same time. But- all at the same time. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it all. I've heard it all. And not a lot shocks me anymore. Yeah. But- I, I always encourage people, don't lose faith in humanity. Yes. There are so many mm-hmm. good ones. And circling <laughs> back to our story, their addiction. Right. And I think that like, so you created this support network, mm-hmm. right? So it started out as a blog. Yes. And then how did mm-hmm. it transition to a network? Yeah. So I started off blogging. Then I blogged and did meetings. From the meetings, I actually got into public speaking and I would speak to all sorts of kind of groups, men's groups, women's groups, religious groups, anxiety groups, lots of talking to lots of groups. And I have a short talk called Grit and I talk about gratitude, resilience, intuition, and thoughtfulness. I love Yeah. And how we all really can develop that grit. Mm -hmm. I have a shame blame talk that I give in that we're hardwired to shame and blame. It's a defense mechanism. And once we're aware of it, how we sort of can soften up and and move through actually finger pointing and (laughs) all of that good stuff. So in that space of public speaking, it seemed that the Q&A at the end, and you and I touched on this before we started recording, I would spend more time answering people's questions about my personal journey and stories that I shared during my talks. And it would be like an hour and a half of just people really needing all of these details and little bits. So 
that public speaking in those Q and A's sort of went to social media with Instagram and Facebook for me. And I started a newsletter at that point. And so if you guys are interested in hearing from me once a month with mm-hmm. no spam, you can go to ourstorytheiraddiction.com and enter in your email. And of course, everything is anonymous, nothing shared or any of that. Privacy is like our utmost importance. So from that space, and I did call that Sour City Moms, I sort of housed that all under that Sour City Moms thing. What I started hearing more and more from people from there was, how did you do it? How are you standing here in front of us and you look happy? You look calm. You look like you have peace in your life. How did you? And I wish, honestly, I could write a prescription and give people pills because I know how desperate and horrible it feels. And then at that point, I started working with a few women who needed some handholding through things. And they even joked and called me a professional handholder. And from there, that sort of, I extended my one-on-one work doing that with women, mm-hmm. helping them through their journey. And from there... Our story, their addiction was actually born, and I am currently creating programs and courses with tools that I have developed that help me process through my trauma, and it seems to be something that people really can dissect and understand easily and apply it to their daily life in small bits that are really comfortable. So that's sort of been my journey over the last three years. (laughs) That's amazing. Now, is it, is it a 12 step process that you've created? Uh, No, it's not actually. (laughs) It's not a 12 step process. Yeah. And the process is one of those processes you dive in with what you're comfortable diving in with. Uh, Again, there's no one size fits all. It's so personal. It's so individual. And what you were aware of when your husband's addiction was brought to the to the forefront, what you were ready to deal with at that moment is going to be very different from what anybody else is ready to deal with. So it, part yeah. of what I do is I meet people where they are at. I love I'm going to meet you where you are at and yeah. we're going to go from there. That's important. I'm not here to tell you about steps. I'm not here to tell you how long they're going to take you. All I'm offering up is a really warm hug. <laughs> <laughs> Distance, of course, because you know, our pandemic yeah, (laughs) and the opportunity to be aware. And through that awareness, I strongly believe we are able to see the light of choices. When we feel like we have choices, I believe strongly that choices brings us to that joy and that happiness and that calm place. I'm not going to fix your life. You are when you're ready and how you're ready to do it. I'm just offering up some perspective mm-hmm. on some things that can bring some really calm, peaceful, joyful moments back into your days. Yeah, and that is needed. That is exactly what is needed because I can tell you <laughs> yes. that when my husband and I were in the thick of it, yeah, I, I was going through a certification to become a life coach. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And part of that certification was understanding the steps of readiness and willingness. 
And it was just so timely (laughs) that that all matched up because I was reading through that chapter, right? As I was like, well, I need to save him. I need to do something. I'm going to be this person, just like you said, that I'm going to cut my cape and my superpowers and I'm going to take all his pain away. Right. No. No. You can't. You can't. No superpower, no cape, (laughs) nothing. None of it. It doesn't matter. I felt like at that moment too, and I think a lot of us have those moments, you almost have to grieve the death of that. Grieve the death yeah, of, I you can't do. save him. Yeah, you do. I can't save my loved one. I can't save them. Right. And it's pa- that's painful. Like that little nugget right there is so painful. <laughs> it is. Because all you want to do is love your people and take care of your people and help solve their problems for them. Mm-hmm. That's who we are as people, humans. We want to f- love and take care of. Yeah. Do you feel like it takes a certain type of person to love an addict because I do. That is is a great, great question. All right. I'm going to answer for the first time here because I do get asked that a lot. Mm -hmm. I believe that there is a personality type that lines up with addicts. Okay. Let's break that down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. Through my work, and my one-on-one work, especially with women, there are some personality traits that, that stand out that seem to run a theme. The first one I always see is, is like that devotion. Yep. This unwavering devotion and loyalty to the people we love. And it's not edited for an addict. It's almost like stronger and magnetic towards that addict. Because I have that same just loyalty. Mm-hmm. to my daughter, to my parents, to my siblings, to like my friends who you've jumped into the family gang. Yeah. And I find that that is probably that right up there in the top three sort of personality traits of the person who loves mm-hmm. an addict. The second one I find, and this might need a little bit more of an explanation, is a self-worth. There's a self-worth piece. And what mm-hmm. I find, and even within myself, that we grew up questioning our own self-worth. Yep. 100%. And we put that self-worth onto other people in the sense, how can I love them? My, I'm worthy because I've loved them this way. And I've gotten X, Y, and Z out of loving them. And there really isn't anything wrong with that, except it keeps us holding on to things that don't serve us. And again, it's not a bad trait. <laughs> Yeah. It's just something personal that we need to work through. You really need to find your own self-worth. You really need to value yourself. You need to believe deep in your core with every fiber and cell that you are worthy, that you have value before you can go out. What is that saying? You have to love yourself before you love someone else. Yeah. No, but it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that second big trait I see in us or people we work with. Yeah. What do you, I mean, really, what do you think? Cause you said that you agree I, too. Like I, what? Yeah. I agree with those for sure. I think like a sense of someone who's kind of floundered with a sense of identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know that's very true for me. That's why I do what yeah. I do for my business is right. I help find their identity. But I definitely think that it's somebody who can keep pushing forward. Yep. Even though you have, like you said, that self-worth component and you have that devotion component, you need to be able to check your ego at the door mm-hmm. and you need to be able to say, okay, but what's, what's most important right now that we can fix? 
Because I would tell you the third major thing too is the perseverance. Yeah. Right. So the people that I work with, especially one-on-one, it's very clear with their devotion and so forth. They have so much perseverance. Mm-hmm. There is no giving up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one thing that's honestly saved our marriage time and time again and has saved our relationship time and time again is I was ready to walk. I've walked away from him many times and he, you know, he's been, he was good at that time apart where he was like, okay, I'm going to get my shit together. But I was very clear from the get go. This is the way that things yeah. are going to go. And if they don't go this way, then you can't be I part of go. it. Like boundaries yeah. are very important. Perseverance is very important. Very but I, important. The one thing that has saved us is, okay, can we fix this? Like mm-hmm. honestly, true. It's salvageable. Yeah. Yeah. Can we fix this? And that question is, I mean, that could be a whole podcast. Can we fix this? Because that That's, is a lot yeah. of letters. That's a you lot gotta of letters. You got to start writing down titles of podcasts. <laughs> no. Can we but, fix this? <laughs> I mean, can we fix this? Meaning, are you going to hold yourself accountable? Are you going to be the person that and we'll go into disappointment in a second, but are you the person <laughs> that you have shown me and have me expect you to be? Yeah. Because if you're not going to be that person, then why should I show up as the person that you need me to be? And that's not selfish. That's that self-worth component coming in. But that's, a, and it is, and that self-worth component rolls into a very important word that you said was boundaries. And one of the programs that I do is called Boundaries for Balance. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, when dealing with addicts, a common theme also is there just is so much gray area that you can't move forward for everybody. Yes. You, it's just so gray. There's, the lines are blurred. And Boundaries for Balance is something I developed with my therapist to help people in small ways create boundaries that allow them their own self-worth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is... Which is huge. And then like, if you don't have the boundaries and you don't have the perseverance and you expect them to be a certain way, that's where that disappointment component comes Comes in. in. And we talked about this too. Yeah. You are your own worst enemy in a relationship with an addict if you expect. Yeah. And that I, expectations are. It's really hard not to have them. Right. It's super hard not to have expectations. And I I think that they, sometimes these expectations set us up to fail. Yeah. And it's because we're not really talking about the expectations we have of other people. They're inside of our head. And when our expectations aren't met, we are just really let down. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for all of us to learn how to communicate. And we talked about how important communication is, especially when you have an addict in your life. If they're not clear on the expectations that you have, you will always get let down. Yeah. They cannot read your mind. Yeah. And it's so funny because I mean, I've been in so many relationships before my husband and I was always like, no, they'll learn me. It'll be fine. Like, but my oh. husband taught me through all of our struggles together that I have to communicate even the simplest of things that I think he understands. Like I have to. Yeah. yeah if you what you're don't saying. explain and communicate your expectations, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. And mm-hmm. ultimately the letdown of disappointment is so sad. It's sad and it's heavy 
and it's confusing and it sucks. <laughs> but if we had sort of just been clear about our own expectations, first of all, with ourselves, right? Like we still have to set boundaries in our own minds. Like, let me sit down, Angela, and have a conversation with myself. Like, hey, Ange, today's the day I got to check in with you. You got to make sure you got your boundaries in line because you're going to go out in that world and get disappointed if you don't check yourself, Ange. Yeah. These are conversations I have with myself daily. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because disappointment can come from me, from mm -hmm. me directly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So obviously yeah. like, with anybody struggling with a mental illness, anybody struggling with addiction, yeah. depression plays yeah. a huge part. Huge. Depression plays a very huge part. And obviously huge ego part. plays a huge part within depression. So oh yes, ego. When, when you were starting Sour City Moms and then it was evolving mm -hmm. into our story, their addiction, did ego ever yes. step in? It did. It did. I think where you would see my ego the most especially in the early days is if you saw me getting defensive, mm -hmm. if you saw me getting defensive, that's an indication that somehow like my ego got struck over time for me, it was like, okay, ego, you have a purpose, but take a seat in the back of the bus because you're not driving because yeah. literally you're driving us into the ground. Ego, you are in the way, get out of the way. Like shake its hand. You need it in your life of sorts, not need, but it's there. It's an element, um, but, but we, it, having that awareness for me, when my ego started to step forward was a huge shifting point in healing. It's sort of like, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Ego can be, it can stop us from growing. I feel like ego, a lot of the times when we're dealing with addiction is a roadblock. It is a roadblock. It's, yep. it's just a huge roadblock keeping us from the idea of a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. e ego is complicated. What do you, <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> I do. No, I completely agree. I mean, I did a whole podcast episode on A Course in Miracles, and that came into my life at a very good time as well mm -hmm. when dealing with everything. Such a great course. Because I was like, wait, I have a choice between ego and love? Like, I didn't even know those were opposites. <laughs> I didn't even know that right. choice there. I thought I was having both at the same time, but there's no room for both. There's People often not at the same time, right? People often yeah. feel or go about their interactions with others as, oh no, I'm helping them do this because I love them. Well, that's not love, and really that's understanding not. what that word meant, right? To really unconditionally right. love somebody is to, you know, yes, accept them for all their faults, but to also understand your faults and understand where you mm -hmm. fall short. Yes, yeah, that awareness again. It always comes back to this awareness. Yes. I couldn't agree more, but let's talk about the success of our story, their addiction, because I'm sure that there's so many success stories that have come out of it. How long have you been in business for? Well, we, I just rebranded in April, but Sour City Moms at our start to the evolution of our story, their addiction has been in business for three years. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. And success for me, honestly, one person at a time, mm -hmm. one person, one connection, one moment at a time. You know, I would love to help 10,000 women <laughs> before I die, but someone recently pointed out that, you know, it's just sometimes more important to help just one. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was really a great statement. There have been so many 
wonderful people have come into our story, their addiction and have stayed in the community and stayed in touch and are in really good places now. And for me, the success is seeing the smiles on their faces, reading the thank you notes, knowing that they're having moments of joy. Those are the successes. Absolutely. What brings you joy right now? We're going to transition to Brains Behind the Brain in a second, but I really feel like in order to contribute to your success, you really have to have your own version of what you're selling, right? So what brings you joy and what brings you happiness right now? I would tell you that I absolutely love teaching. I love sharing light bulb moments. It fills me up with joy to just even have this conversation with you and connect. And that connection, that human connection, I just love that. That's the stuff that brings me so much joy. I like love my people, love my community, you know, and that sort of interaction. It just does. It really fills me with joy. It sounds maybe silly for some people, but no, not live without it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I know that you're also a hairstylist as well. I am. I'm a hairstylist, 23 years in my community. And I think it's been this great foundation for me to have the courage to jump off and do our story, their addiction, Mm -hmm. owning a hair salon in my community and working as a stylist in it. I have learned so much. It has been an incredible journey. And without it, I I really wouldn't have our story, their addiction. And one of the things that even got me to the point where I can tell you that that's this working with people and the connection with people that brings me joy is having been behind the chair for so long and connecting with the people in my chair. Oftentimes people come in and they're like, I love the energy in here. I love seeing you, Ange. You're like the, it's, we call it therapy, you know? Yes. No, it, it really does to just, you know, someone comes in maybe a little down and then they're leaving and they just feel shiny and new and they feel a little uplifted. And it's just, it feels really good to give that to somebody, to, to yeah. be a part of that for somebody. Those little moments of joy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's awesome that you were able to create yet another business where you're able to do that in a different way. So that's really cool. That's awesome. That speaks a lot about you. (laughs) You're able to do that. So Brains Behind the Brand is a really quick game, a peek behind the curtain, just whatever comes to mind first. Okay. So the first question is color or cut, which would you rather do? Ooh, color. Color. I'd rather color as well. What is your love language? Do you know about the love languages? I do. And anybody out there who hasn't read that book, even if you think it's hokey, get your buns out there, get the book, whatever on your Kindle. Everyone needs to know about the five love languages if you want to function for the rest of your life with other human beings. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So I definitely am like an accolade and touch. Like I... Mm -hmm would like you to tell me that I'm doing a nice job. I would like you to say like, thank you so much for dot, dot, dying. And please hold my hand. Please yeah. hold my hand. Please hug me. Maybe do that in public. <laughs> I am the same. How, how about you? Yeah. I am the same. I'm the exact okay. same. I am hug yeah. me, hold my hand, rub my back and tell me that I've yeah. done something for you, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's going yeah. back to that whole personality that we were talking about before. But yeah. what is your go-to breakfast? Are you a big breakfast person? You know, so I'm not a breakfast person. So if you were asking me like in a time slot, like breakfast is between like eight and 11, I don't 
usually eat. I never have. Me either. I, got a, I, I can't help it. I, people have opinions about that. But typically, the first thing I usually eat, honestly, is a piece of fruit. And yeah. not because I'm like this health nut, because let's talk about the fact that I love Oreos, like beyond <laughs> love Oreos. It's just usually I'm really busy and it's like a really good, easy thing to grab. And then I usually do something bigger for lunch. So. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm also... <laughs> not a breakfast person. Like I'm good with a cup of coffee and like maybe a muffin, maybe a piece of toast, but I don't really need anything until about 11 o'clock. So I'm right there with you. I'm totally with you. Gotta have our coffee though. Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) I I run on coffee. What is the craziest color you've ever dyed your hair or someone else's hair? Oh, wow. Okay. So I have the most wonderful friend who has the most amazing kids and her daughter is so artsy and she has always let me play with her hair and most recently we dyed it rainbow that's awesome um, that's so yeah. fun yeah yeah so. what advice would you give others starting or maintaining a small business oh that's really good what advice i would say always follow your gut it mm-hmm. is never going steer you wrong. Always. Always follow your gut. It's speaking to you and we just have to quiet our minds and, and listen. And I would say there are no failures. They're just opportunities to grow. Yeah, I would agree with that. Can you please tell everyone where to find you and anything coming for 2021? Oh, 2021 is very exciting. So if you are looking for me, our story, their addiction, and you're looking to be a part of the community, you can find us on Facebook, our story, their addiction. Uh, you can also find me personally on Facebook, Angela's Weifel. Uh, you can go to Instagram and it's our.story.their.addiction. And I do weekly posts there about my own sort of aha moments. And you can go to our story, their And from there, you can get the blogs that I write monthly. You can get the newsletters. You can see up and coming events. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., I do free workshops. And from the website, you can sign up to do that. And again, it's completely anonymous. You don't have to be on camera and you don't have to participate if you don't want. And we just usually cover different topics or some of the tools from um, the courses that I've developed, which are coming out in 2021. It's three separate courses. You can jump in at any point in any of the courses. It's not like the 12 steps we talked about. Then you can get access to those courses through the website and our story, theiraddiction.com. And they get delivered to your inbox and they come with opportunities, you know, weekly and monthly to work with me and answer questions on that. Yeah, so I'm really super, super excited about that. It's beginnings are hard for better, for worse, and boundaries for balance. So they're exciting stuff. And then in 2021, out of an inspiration from the community, working on starting a nonprofit. Um, There are so many. Yay! (laughs) There are so many people like me who had the um, bottom drop out and got left holding the bag when you're trying to really help your addict. It's really expensive so expensive. And then I was working and I made too much money to qualify for any state or federal help. And I I didn't have health insurance money, grocery money, gas money, babysitting money, all while my addict was out trying to get himself right or not right. So the nonprofit will be specifically directed to people who don't qualify for 
state or federal assistance to help them through a really dark, hard time. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> People need I'm so excited. God, the work that people you need do. help is so important. <laughs> they do. People do need help. And then I don't know about other people out there, but I know that I needed lawyers for different reasons. You know, I had to at some point hire a criminal lawyer. I had to hire a divorce lawyer. I didn't have money for those things and I didn't know where to turn to. And part of the nonprofit will be a network of people that are working pro bono to help people who need those uh, types of services. Therapists, I really needed to see that and I didn't have the money to cover that. My daughter needed a therapist and we, and let's just face it, that stuff for children is really hard to find and expensive. So the nonprofit will help cover those things and the network of people will help get you the help you need yeah. to get. Well, your daughter is so, so blessed and lucky to have a strong mama like you because it takes- And a- yours is too, lady. Very, thank you. Very, very <laughs> strong, special person. And if you could leave the world with only one word impression of you, what would that word be? Resilience. I agree. Why resilience? Define it. Define it in your world. My world, resilience is the forward motion of joy and positivity, no matter what trauma you are hit with. Mm -hmm. Love it. I love it. So on that note, (laughs) everybody that feels that they want to reach out to Angela or needs the service or is interested in somehow contributing or being a part of her nonprofit for 2021, please visit the show notes. I will have all of her links. Angela, thank you so, so much for joining me today. You are wonderful. You do such great work for people. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it takes one to know one. So I hope you'll come on again and we can talk all about your nonprofit this time next year. Yes, please. Yeah. Perfect. It's the date. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in learning more about today's guest, please check the show notes below for all the links. If you are or know someone who would be a great fit for the podcast and is a local small business owner with a story to tell, please visit www.kayleeelwelldesigns.com forward slash what you said podcast. Until next time.